24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Peter Graves, and thank you for being with us. We are joined today by someone who is one for one. One race, one win. Such a rare thing nowadays in the marathon world, but it is very much the reality for our guest, Lauren Hagens. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're delighted. The one race we're talking about, of course, is Grandma's Marathon. That was your first ever marathon this past June. You ended up winning, defeating two-time defending champion Dakota Lindworm with a time of 225.56. What comes first to mind when you think about that day? Oh man. Um, I'm really proud of that day. Actually, <laughs> Like I, I think, um, I was just talking to one of my coaches, Jenna about that day. And, um, I just feel like it was really special. Like, I feel like things just came together and I also had so much fun in my first marathon. And, um, yeah, I'm just like really, really happy with how it went and, you know, I really being my first marathon, there's a lot of uncharted territory. You like you've you've done the training, so you kind of know what to expect, but you don't really know until you run your first one. And I think like I just I feel like that might have been my best my the best executed race I've ever run. So um yeah, I'm just really proud of that day and yeah, it was yeah, really good memories. <laughs> Very happy. So your time was the fourth fastest ever in a debut marathon by an American woman. Did you think of the starting line? Did you contemplate that at all in your preparation mentally? No, not at all. I, I don't think I, you know, I mean, granted, like fourth fastest debut, that's so cool. But I also know, like, I have, you know, it's we're in the super shoe era. So I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but. So like, but I, I'm still proud of that too, regardless. And, um, no, like I didn't really have, you know, like I just approaching my first marathon, I just wanted to have a really good experience and just get like a feel for how it felt to run that far pretty fast. I hoped, <laughs> and, um, yeah, like it wasn't on, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything like outcome wise as, as far as like winning it or you know, like exactly what the time was. I was more just focused on like getting from point A to point B as efficiently as possible. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was surprised by the fourth fastest debut as well. Oh, that's cool. It, it's such a great story and we'll get to more of it. Um, but first let's go back to your college days. You ran for Baylor you set some school records there in the 1500 and a couple of different relays, I believe. You won Big 12 championships. You're a six-time All-American. So what do you remember most about your time in college? And did you know then 
you wanted to make running your life's first real job. I loved my Baylor University running experience. I can't imagine anywhere else I could have gone to gone to school. And, you know, I mean, I just have like amazing memories from that. But um, I do remember like my college coach, Todd Harbour. Um, I did tell him, I'm <laughs> pretty sure like on my recruiting visit that I wanted to like run professionally and I wanted to like try to make an Olympic team or like run at that at a high caliber level. And at that point, like my times going into college were nowhere near, like they would not indicate that. But I think partly it was me kind of being a little naive, like not really knowing like, you know, like what that meant or like, you know, the work it would take to get there. But um, yeah, I just like was always like, oh, that'd be cool. You know, <laughs> um, but and something that ended up, you know, happening, but I think like a, a large part of it happening is I guess like, you know, when you get to this level, it's like everyone works hard. Everyone is talented. But I also had like really, really good people to like show me the way basically and just like make sure I wasn't getting overtrained or just, you know, tell me like educate me a bit on nutrition or like, hey, you should probably sleep more than six hours a night, you know, and like things like that. And I feel like Coach Harbor, especially at Baylor, like just like invested so much in me. And he never said, you know, like, oh, like, that's crazy. You only ran five ten in the mile in high school, you know, like he never made me feel like that was unreasonable. Huh, interesting. Um, so uh, even the early years of your professional career, you were a middle distance runner. You competed mostly in the 800 and 1500 meters. So when did it switch for you to say, I'm a distance runner now? If you kind of look, I mean, I mean, this isn't, I don't know how you would find this. I don't know. But like most of my like 800 meter and 1500 meter mile races and PRs, like my splits are dead even. Like I've run 202 in the 800. And when I ran that, I ran my splits were like 61, 61, like dead even. And so that when I see that versus someone running like, you know, 57 um you know and then finishing in like 62 or something it's like I'm just more of like an aerobic athlete um and I've always been really good at tempos and just like kind of grinding but actually the actual so like I think like I was always kind of like my strengths have always probably been more like aerobic endurance focused um I just loved those events and like I never even tried like a 5,000 or anything like that you know and so I think um I also like towards the end of my like true middle distance career like got really hurt and so I spent like three to three or four maybe like three and a half years like not really racing and I kind of was like you know I'm like banging my head against a wall like trying to get back for these like such high octane caliber races and I think I just need to like try a new experience like I know I love running but I need like something new and so I think it was just from that kind of like a natural progression but like you know what let's just try like a longer distance event and see how that goes and then so I think it was 2016 like an Olympic year with I ran the Mount Sac um college invitational in the 5,000 and ended up winning and running the Olympic standard in that race. And so then that kind of opened up a whole new 
like a whole second chapter of my career where then I focus on like the 5,000 and the, and the 3,000 for a while. But um, yeah, it was just like a combination of things. Like I think part of me wishes I had tried it earlier. <laughs> um, But yeah, it just kind of seemed like, yeah, I just needed like, I wanted to still compete and run, but I needed like a breath of fresh air and needed kind of different training. So you qualified uh, for 2016 and 2021 for the U.S. Olympic trials in the 5,000 meter. Uh, what was uh, uh, what did that distance feel like to you? Did anything click in then? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like I do have like a pretty good combination of like even though I'm now a mar- I'm now running the marathon. Like I still keep in touch with my speed, and so I think for a long time, like the 5,000 and the, and and the 3,000 were like, was like a really good, like mesh of my strengths where like, I can do really strong tempo work, but I also can run pretty quickly in the 200 and 400 for, you know, and so um, I think that was a good, like melding of, um, yeah, just like strengths and, um, yeah, like I, I still love the 5,000 actually. (laughs) Um, I just also have just like an innate curiosity. Like I just wanted to see how I would do in all these events, you know? So um, part of me kind of misses the 5,000 on the track <laughs> too, but it's just such a different feel than the marathon, obviously a very different kind of hurt. So they're just different. All right. In the 2021 trials, you finished in seventh place after you had dealt for some time with an injury. Still, that finish meant you just narrowly missed out on making the team. So my question here is, uh, making an Olympic team, no matter the event, in virtually all the athletes I've ever dealt with, it's a major priority to make an Olympic team. Uh, Are those goals, uh, how do they mesh with you? Yeah, I I think there is something so amazing about making an Olympic team representing your country is a huge deal. I definitely want to make this team in three and a half weeks. Um, I, my eggs are in and my eggs are in that basket. I'm all in all me and all, all of my teammates are all in. I also have been around the sport long enough to know that, you know, um, even if you are considered a favorite, you could have a bad day and not make it. And, and I personally don't feel like an, an Olympic team can do amazing things for a career. I don't feel that a career is wasted if you haven't made a team. I think it's something amazing to strive towards. I know everyone at that trials who's in the vicinity is like gunning for that Olympic team. And don't get me wrong, like I really want to make that team and I'm going to do everything I can. But I also know that there's a lot more to the sport than just Olympics. And there's a lot more to just being an Olympian. And there are so many other amazing opportunities as well that if I don't just have the day that I am dreaming about in a few weeks, like I'm going to grieve, but then I'm going to look forward to the next marathon because I love, I love racing and it's like life goes on too so um yeah and I whether that's like a defense mechanism approach or whatnot it's like I I feel like that mental approach for me is just the healthiest and it's like just how you know because if I if I don't make the Olympic team in three weeks I still have 
I still love my life and I have amazing friends and family. And it's like, I'll be so happy for the people that do make the team and cheer them on. And then I'll keep running. So <laughs> sounds very healthy to me. Um, let's uh, bring you back to the debut in Duluth after a couple of really strong half marathons. Why was this past summer the time to take on uh, the big race? I honestly, like, I kind of just, like, knew in the back of my mind, like, a little bit that I wanted to do the marathon trials, and I wanted to, like, it's it's an Olympic team. I want to go after it, and I wanted to, like, set myself up, and um, I just figured that Grandma's was a perfect, perfect first debut marathon for me for many reasons. I feel like it's an amazing race. You can run pretty fast on that course, like, it, you know, with wind, <laughs> if that's like in your favor and like in the weather, but also just like, I felt like it was a good place where, you know, it's, it's like, it's a great marathon and it's an A-label gold label race, but it's not as like all eyes on you. Like there would be like a Boston or a New York or a Chicago and so I wanted to kind of like go to a race that I felt like I could really like do well at, but then I also like just didn't have this like monstrous pressure on my back. And, um, you know, I felt pressure because anyway, because that's just part of racing, like you're going to feel pressure because you put so much work in and you want to do well and compete. But um, I also thought the timing of grandma's being in June. So having about like, what, eight, eight months before the trials would be like a really good idea because if my body didn't come off so well, <laughs> I would have a lot of time to recover and then just get and get ready for the trials. So that's why I, I, that's another reason why I picked grandma's and also like the race has in the past treated my teammates very well as well. Because, you know, Kellen Taylor, my teammate has the course record and she's had great things to say about and spoke highly about like just like the officials and how they treat athletes and so that's also important and so I wanted I just wanted an overall like really good experience and um also because she has run the race and has the course record she could also give me a little more insight on kind of what to expect for this particular race too so that was very very helpful but um yeah that's also I mean and back to like wanting to you know hopefully my body coming off my first marathon pretty well. That's why I didn't choose, I didn't run a fall marathon because I just wanted to make sure my body had ample time to recover before the trials. So yeah, I chose a half marathon instead. <laughs> so, well, uh, that explains why you came here in the first place. Duluth is very well known as being athlete friendly and, and uh, just a, a kind of a happy Nice, wonderful city. Yeah, I I had a great time. I remember. I mean, even like after the race too, I like met up with some friends and went to a brewery pretty close to like the host hotel, and it was just like such a good day. Like I had a great time there. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Um. Did you know that you were debuting against somebody like Dakota Lindworm? Uh, and if so, what was your strategy against her who had won the past two years I wasn't really thinking about anyone and any one person in particular I knew that she had announced a couple times that she was going after Kellen's course record so honestly like the only real like I kind of thought that she might go out pretty hard 
And I just was like, going to stick to my own race plan and paces. And then whatever anybody else did, I wasn't going to react, especially early on in the race. And that actually did happen. Dakota ended up, I think, I think my first mile was like, 535 or something and I'm pretty and she was pretty far ahead of us so she might have been like 525 maybe and I just knew like if she went out like pretty quick I wasn't gonna go with her because I again wanted to like set myself up for success and have a good first experience and not get in over my head with 26 miles that I have never run before and um so like, yeah, she went out and I, we let her go. And, um, it was me and a group, a group of three other women, maybe, maybe four, like three or four of us who kind of packed up and were kind of running like a really steady pace. And then, um, yeah, I didn't really have any real strategy other than like find the effort level that feels appropriate that you can withstand for 26 miles for your first one. So that's more what I was focused on. And I, I honestly wasn't really thinking about anybody else. Um, and then I think it just ended up that day. Just, I just happened to win, you know, and yeah, well, the strategy worked, didn't it? Yeah. It, 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 um, I mean, I, I do know that like, I didn't really put in any big surges or anything to catch up to Dakota either. It was more like, I was running my own race and I just ran steady. And then I think that the quicker beginning paces probably caught up to her because she was kind of starting to fall back a little bit in the pace where it might look like I did watch, I watched the coverage of the race and it does kind of look like I'm speeding up, but in reality, I'm really just keeping the same pace. And I think Dakota was just starting to feel tired. So that, you know, when I, I caught up to her at, I don't know, when like 20 or 21, something like that, um, it just was like, I could feel the pace was slower than what I'd been running. So then I had to make a decision, like, do I stay here? Or do I keep with the, the, like, kind of the, the rhythm that I was running? And I think I stayed with Dakota for maybe like 400, 400, 800 meters. And then just kept going because we were, the pace was starting to slow down. Um, and then it got a little scary because I was in front and I was like, Oh, I didn't expect to be here. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if she's like gonna put in like a second wind and blow past me or what, but yeah, like that was a little, Cause I didn't really expect to be in the front. That was a little bit like, Ooh, <laughs> that's where I felt the most pressure was when I actually passed her. And then I was like, Oh, she might come with me and, you know, like sit on me or I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> now, one of your teammates, uh, Kellen Taylor, who won here in 2018, still hoards the women's event record. Did she specifically give you any advice at all about how to run this race? She just told me about um, how, like, the course is really friendly. It's kind of rolly. But then when you get to, like, mile 22, you have the uh, lemon drop hill. And so she just said, like, be ready for that. And um, and then she, I mean, she gave me a lot of just, like, really good general advice about, like, how, like, 
you know, it's a long way to run for a, a, pretty quickly. And like, you'll kind of go through good and bad patches, but like, no, like if you're hitting a bad patch, just work through it and you'll get out, you'll get out of it. And so that's, I was just kind of like, kind of ready for different scenarios in that race. But, um, the lemon drop Hill is so interesting because it doesn't, it's not that steep, but it's like the placement of it is hard. So like, you know, like your legs, like that far into a race, like I felt very smooth the entire time. And then the last, yeah, like about when I got to the hill, it was more like my legs were just so tired, but I was ready for it. Like I knew it was coming. So you haven't run another marathon since June. You're qualified for the Olympic trials next month, though. Has all the training really now been working up to that race so far yeah I mean it just it hasn't I mean I literally like picked grandma's because I wanted to give myself the best I wanted to set my training up in the last year to give myself the best shot at the trials so definitely like everything's kind of been geared towards that where like the first marathon cycle I did of training it was like, okay, like this cycle, like you're going to work hard, but you're like, the main goal is to like get through one cycle of training, kind of know how it feels and what to expect. And then when we get more closer to the trials, depending on how the body is, then we can, you kind of know, you've kind of been through like the first phase of training, right? Like, okay, now I know what to expect from this training. And now we can kind of push the envelope maybe a little bit. So but we really haven't changed too much, honestly, from grandma's and training because like grandma's went very well. And we just kind of thought, let's just stick with what's working and maybe we can make little tweaks here and there. But in general, like it's not, hasn't been that much different. And we just, when we're three and a half weeks away, so it's like, you know, we are just, I'm just starting to put in, like, I just came from a hard workout this morning and like, and had a really good one and last week in Phoenix at sea level. And we were, I'm, I'm back to putting in like some of my best, like long work. And so that's really nice and really good timing. So I want to talk about confidence and what a debut like yours does for confidence to not only run well, but to run as fast as you did and win. Does that make the possibility of making the U.S. team at the trials seem less like a long shot and more like something you could see happening. Definitely. I mean, you know, I think it definitely makes me feel like I definitely have a shot. Like, I don't, even though I've never run an Olympic marathon trials before, I don't necessarily feel like I'm just happy to be there. You know, it's like, um, I feel like I've done what I could in the past year to set myself up for the best trial showing I, I, I could have. And, you know, what happens on the day is ordained and what happens happens. And I'm just trying to put myself in the best position that I can to have a great day. And hopefully it's good enough to make that team. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, having a race like grandma's, go that well like definitely is a huge confidence booster and you know and like immediately after the race like I felt fine but I didn't necessarily like come off it the best either and 
then I ran a race in Valencia in Spain in October. And I, I still was, it's almost like I was mentally kind of, and physically kind of still like recuperating from like that just grandma's like the high from it, you know, or like just, and so like it, I, I went to this race in Spain and ran a half marathon and honestly it was like, I don't know if I should race because I don't feel like my training has been like, I had so many little hiccups and setbacks, but then remembering like doing so well in a race like grandma's and taking that confidence with me, I, I decided to go to Valencia anyway and give my best shot. And I ended up PRing. And so it's definitely a confidence booster. And, you know, just remembering like, even if like, you know, every workout isn't perfect, which they're, they're usually not. They're like, you know, we're like, okay, my, my build for this half marathon didn't go the best, but I'm still a veteran athlete. And I still had these experiences behind me. And I know that I can draw on those when I need to, as long as I stay calm and confident in myself and, you know, and so like, so yeah, like PRing at Valencia off of, I would give my training a five out of 10 <laughs> going into that. Um, and so, yeah, but I think like a lot of that confidence is from like, just, you know, like performing, um, just unexpected, just, un just uncharted territory. It was kind of like a good exercise and like, just because you haven't done it before, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. And so I'm just taking that same thing into the trials and you know, it took me a little bit after Valencia to get back to, there was 14 weeks in between Valencia half and the trials. And so like, yeah, like even if, you know, you don't like this morning, like I had four by three miles um, and I ran 530 pace. It wasn't super sexy, but the work got done and it's like, that's all I can do. And then it's like, I'm just taking all these workouts and just, even if they're not like, amazing or perfect and just putting them all in on the day and just, you know, just knowing like, as long as I've been consistent and I've done what I could on the day, every day, like that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, I think that sounds like really good advice for, for anybody. Um, we talked about, you know, uh, try representing the USA at the Olympics, but I would also assume uh, psychologically, you don't want to dwell on that all the time. You, you know, I mean, sometimes you just want to stay in the uh, the present moment and, and get the work done and the preparation done and then let the results uh, take you wherever. Yeah, because that's exactly right. Because we all know, like, what's at stake. It's amazing. It can be career changing to make an Olympic team, but yeah. you still have the work to do today. You're not, you know, it's like you do the best every day that you can. And then you line up on race day and remember all that work you put and all the people behind you and then execute the best you can and, you know, kind of let the chips fall. <laughs> Cause like, I know what I've been doing, but I can't control anybody else in that race. There might be someone who is just a lot fitter than me and, you know, and, and, but I might be fitter than them. And I, you just don't know. Right. So you just go do the best you can on the day. It's like, there's nothing else to do. So um, after the Olympic trials, uh, regardless of, of how it uh, pans out, 
Is there a plan for you uh, in 2024? I, I, well, it's like, it's weird. Cause like, I do have a plan in the back of my mind, but it's hard to like, think about a plan B before the trials happens. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, like I've got like races that I would really love to do and like things I want to challenge myself to do, but it's kind of like, I can't really fully like put energy into that until I know how the trials went. Right. And, um, but yeah, like, in 2024, like, I definitely want to do some kind of, some kind of, you know, if not Paris, <laughs> like, um, a fall marathon. And I've, you know, I've only done grandma's and I've never done a major. So that would be fun too. But yeah, I kind of just tentatively been talking to my agent, Josh Cox about just possibilities. But as of now, it's kind of like, it's just hard to think about those other things when we're so you know, like we're, we're, we're in on Orlando. So. I know your plate is really full now, but um, do you, would it be your intention sometime to come back to grandma's and, and Duluth? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I'd like to go after Kellen's fourth record. <laughs> Even though I, yeah, like, I mean, that's, yeah, it's amazing. I don't know. I mean, I am. Um, yeah, I definitely would. I definitely would come back. I also keep recommending that race to like a lot of people who like maybe it's their debut or they just they want something like that's like could be a fast course. And so, you know, because it's just like it's it's just it's a it's a nice course to run pretty fast if you're fit. So and it's also really pretty. I like I liked um I liked like having the lake view. That was really fun. And I think it's a kind of marathon that uh, can be very positive for a first timer, uh, you know, and um, but I, I want to ask you, because we often ask for pieces of advice here. And as as you get ready for the trials, what piece of advice would you have for aspiring marathoners, e even if they're not at the elite level like you? What's one thing you could say? to someone thinking about trying a marathon for the first time? I mean, I, I think I would say like to just go for it. And like, I think it's one of the most like rewarding experiences you could have and not even just the race itself, but like, just like train, just the training in general, like it's really hard but it also can be like really like satisfying too. And I just think like what's really cool about like distance running and like in marathoning is like there's so much room in that race. There's so much room in the training to like, you know, I mean for error too, but also just like there's so much improvement you can make. And I just think it's like really, really, it's just a satisfying endeavor and I'm going to quote Des London, like keep showing up, you know, and like, it's like, I don't, I also like for people who might be like doing their first marathon build and they're like a little nervous or like scared. Like I was, I was like, I was like, oh my God, what am I about to get myself into? Like, ah! like what? about tempo? Oh my God. You know, <laughs> but like, but like, just like knowing that like, it's also, and I, I truly believe like you don't need to have like every workout doesn't need to be 
like A plus plus, like you can have like some B's, some, you know, it's like, it's like the overall body of work that's important. And where like, yeah, it can be really grueling because <laughs> um, the workouts are so long. It's also like, I just am a big fan of like just consistent, solid work. And then you can have like amazing results with that too. Like, I don't, I don't think my grandma's build was like anything spectacular. It was just like, I was very consistent and I was putting it in day by day and like really taking care of myself. And so like, I mean, I think it's, you can just have fun with it and just like, you know, it is, it is daunting. It can be scary for sure. Like I'm not <laughs> taking away from that, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I think like if you're inspired to like try it out, I think you should go with that because you never know what could happen. Well, we wish you all the best and thank you. <laughs> we'll be watching you closely at the trials and um, want to thank you, Lauren, for being with us. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. Well, it's fun for me. So Lauren has written her name in the grandma's marathon record books. And maybe hopefully we haven't seen the last of her quite yet in Duluth. This gearing up for grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia health. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, please subscribe, rate us and tell your friends. Grandma's marathon is proudly presented by Toyota. Members Cooperative Credit Union and ASICs. I'm Peter Graves. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.